Today with Catherine Ruinala. I am excited to be able to share some more with you today on the concept of prayer and the, the delight and the privilege we have to pray and talk to our wonderful Father. Hallelujah. No, it tells us in Matthew chapter 6, the disciples are asking Jesus, who they see going up the mountain, pulling away every day to commune with his Father. And they have obviously never seen a relationship with God like this. And they, they are compelled to ask him, Lord, teach us how to pray. I mean, the, the concept of, of prayer wasn't new to them, but the connection that Jesus had with the Father was something that they had never seen and they wanted in. They wanted to know. I want to know how do I, how do I have relationship with God, talk to God like you do. And Jesus answered them and said, in this manner, therefore pray. In other words, what he was saying was after this pattern, pray. He wasn't giving them um, a, a recitation to mindlessly roll off and recite. He was actually helping them understand how to engage most effectively with the Father in prayer. And so he said, after this pattern, pray. He gave us what we know as the Lord's Prayer or the Disciples' Prayer, the Lord's Prayer that he taught us to pray. He gave it to us as a template to be able to base our pattern of prayer off. And I find it personally really, really helpful. Now, sometimes people, I remember as a teenager, they'd talk, people would talk about, I pray for an hour every morning. And I'd get up before school, and I'd get by my bed and I'd start to pray. And I'd look at my watch and I think, how does anybody pray for an hour? I just, I, I couldn't understand it, I'd try. And, but you know, when you start to get a hold of in this manner pray, an hour just slips away really quickly for me and I've still got so much more that I wanna pray about. And it's, but it's not about the time, it's about us connecting with God. And for me, I find this a really helpful way to keep me on track and to pray the prayer of faith, hallelujah. So I wanna share some more with you about this. We've been going through it week by week. We started with our Father. And I love it, you've gotta remember, Jesus is teaching us how to pray. And he's referring to himself, myself and yourself, our Father, as in Jesus' Father and your Father. He was saying that when you approach God, you approach him with the same attitude and relationship that I have, which is astonishing. So it's not father over there, it's our father who is in heaven. I was talking with Ben the other day and he said, you know, I think about it like this, our father who's in heaven, where am I? Oh, I'm seated with him. I'm not at a distance, I'm with him. Our Father, our Father, my Father who is, who is not my boss, but he is my Lord and I submit to him and I surrender to him, but I am family 
I am loved. He will not deny me because I have been bought with the precious blood of Jesus. He's my creator. He's my redeemer. He's my savior. And he's my daddy. Hallelujah. Who is in heaven. And we talked about the glory of heaven and what it looks like. The Bible tells us a lot about heaven. It's so glorious. And I think about those that have gone before me, friends that I love that have gone to be with the Lord already and wonder, wow, what do they know? <laughs> what do they? We here see in part, but they see completely. They see and that's fully known. And wow, how wonderful to imagine them receiving their rewards and what it's like in heaven. You know, there is a heaven and a hell and God doesn't want any of us to go to, to hell. He wants all of us to be saved and he made a way for us to do that by receiving Jesus as our redeemer, as our savior, as our Messiah and Lord, hallelujah. Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. I was praying today and I was going through this pattern, talking to the Lord, and I began to hallow his name. We talked a little bit about this last week, and as we hallow his name, it's so interesting that he doesn't tell us to start praying about the things that are on top of your mind straight away. Because if I was to do that, I'd come to him and I'd tell him all my worries and my stresses and my pains, which he wants me to do. But by not putting that at the beginning, God was intentional in trying to help us get our eyes off the circumstances and onto his majesty so that we could then pray in faith rather than in fear. He's so smart. This pattern is a holy God thought for you and I, hallelujah. It is a powerful, powerful thing. But as I began to hallow his name today, I just began, yes, Lord, I know hallow means to set you apart as unique. So, Lord, I hallow your name. I sang him some of the songs I'd written when I was younger. You are wonderful, holy and true. And it was lovely, and I was worshiping him, and I was magnifying his name, and I was hallowing his name. But I thought to myself, God, it's not enough for me. I feel like I'm, ha I'm, I'm glorifying you, but I'm imagining in my head, I'm imagining the throne room, you on your throne, I'm, I'm worshiping you, but God, I want more than that. I don't wanna just worship you with a mental picture. I wanna be so provoked that I wanna be provoked to the extent that the people in heaven are provoked to cast down their crowns, not out of obligation, but out of an overwhelming revelation of how wonderful you are. God, I know, I know you are good, I know you are wonderful, but God, today I'm frustrated trying to hallow your name just with this mental picture. I don't know if I can express what I'm feeling, but I began to pray then the prayer in Ephesians 1, Lord, let your Holy Spirit enlighten the eyes of my understanding in the knowledge of you. God, I need help. I wanna know you more than what I can picture and imagine. I wanna hallow you not out of obligation or knowing it's the right thing to do. I want a fresh revelation of you today that compels me to give you everything and glorify you because I'm overwhelmed at your majesty. I need 
fresh help to understand and know you so I can truly hallow your name, not as, as an egocentric idea of me trying to give you something, but overwhelmed by your majesty, God. And I began to cry out of desperation, to be honest. Like, I've got to see more, God. I've got, and I was looking and I'm frustrated. I can't see, God. I can't, show me more. Oh. And as I began to do that, I began to pray in the Holy Spirit because, you know, the Bible says he who prays in an unknown tongue edifies himself. Our deep cries out to his deep. And so I began to pray in the spirit and I'd pray with my mind at the same time, imagining him on his throne, worshiping him, but praying in the spirit um, and, and letting the Holy Spirit help me. And so as I'd pray in the spirit and pray with my mind, asking him, help me, give me revelation of your glory. I began to find myself praying, George, show me your glory. I need to see, I wanna know. And as I'm looking to see, suddenly I sense the presence of the Holy Spirit, the presence of God all around me. And I realized revelation in the knowledge of him is not just mental, it's everywhere. Suddenly you become aware of his presence all around you, within you. That, that the focus of trying to get a picture left and I was suddenly, whoa, where is presence? And then I was aware that this presence was just love. And I became aware that my deep need, the thing I wanted the most was to know love, to really know love. And his love just began to fill around me and I began to, to, to worship in a fresh way as he lifted me up and I began to say, hooray, God, I can hallow your name out of a fresh revelation today. And you know, it's the Holy Spirit that will empower you to do that. Hi friends, I hope you've been enjoying our programs and that they're filling your heart with love and hope. This program's being watched around the world and we're hearing great testimonies about salvations, physical healings, deliverances, relationships restored, and circumstances turning around supernaturally. I'd love to hear your testimony. Send us an email at info at so we can rejoice with you. Why not visit our website and sign up for our regular email newsletter filled with encouragement. Find me on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter and watch our church services on Facebook and YouTube every week. I'd love to be able to connect with you. God wants to take you beyond yourself and your own understanding and into a place of revelation with him. Amen. Hallelujah. You're very quiet. I hope you understand what I'm saying. I'm trying to express my own experience knowing that same cry is in your heart if you'll just let him help you understand your need. Your deep need cries out to his deep kindness and he wants to fill you and satisfy you. And as you hallow his name, suddenly everything else comes into perspective. 
And then I pray, your kingdom come. His kingdom is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. And I'd pray into that. There's so much I could say and have said. Hallelujah. Your kingdom come. And I'd make decrees. Your will be done. And I'd pray, your will be done in my son Joseph's life. Your will be done in my, son Je in my daughter Jessica's life, in Emily's life, in Tom's life, in our partner's lives, in Mark and Christine's life, in Mandy and Murray's life, in Trevor and Meredy. I begin to pray, your will be done in Matt and Emily's life. In, oh, I, pray, I go through all our stuff. I, I pray, your will be done in our church, in our ministry. Your will be done in our city. Your will be done in my ministry. And I declare it. I start making declarations about his will. And then the overflow of praying, your will be done, leads us into give us this day our daily bread. And out of the knowledge of his will, his majesty and his glory, I begin to say, Lord, I know it is your will, God, that none should perish. But and so God, I pray right now and I ask, God, give me souls. Give me souls to come into your kingdom. Use me, God. Use the program to go out over the world and let the fish jump into the boat as you said. Hallelujah. Open the doors, Lord. Give me opportunity. Your will is that none should perish. And I go through all of my unsaved relatives, all the ones I'm praying for. I pray for them by name. God, your will is that they be saved. And then I begin to pray. Pray for them one by one by name. Your will, Lord, is that we would prosper and be in health even as our souls prosper. And I go through and I pray for our different team members. I pray for our family. I pray for people. I pray for our partners. I pray, I pray, I pray, I pray. Let them prosper. Let them be in health. Lord, let their souls prosper. God, revive them. Revive their hearts, God. Let every one of our home groups prosper. Lord, let us prosper as a church and grow. Lord, have influence. Your will is, God, that we'd be a light in this city for your glory. I pray for the church and I begin to pray his will be done. There's so much we know about his will. And, but he wants us to ask even more, Lord, give me knowledge of your will. Hallelujah. It's another glorious apostolic prayer you can pray. And I begin to pray... For, for people who need healing, I begin to pray. It's, I know it's your will that we prosper and be in health. And I pray for finances. I pray for all the needs that we have. I pray for all the health needs that there might be. I thank him for his goodness. I thank him for his protection. I, I pray and I pray for prosperity in our souls. I pray for my family. You know, the Bible says... That in, in James 4, chapter 4, verse 2, that we have not because we ask not. He says uh, in Matthew chapter 7, verse 7, he says, ask and it will be given to you. Ask and you will receive. You see, when you start going after this pattern of prayer you'll, and you start asking, you'll discover there is so much I need to ask for. It's true. I mean, you could make lists. I'm not quite that organized. My lists would be really long. But, I, you know, as I begin to ask, I remember more that I need to ask. After I've prayed for like an, an hour of asking and I have to get up or go, 
I'm still asking because it's coming to my mind. And I, be, I begin to discover that my thoughts no longer are worrying stresses. Every thought that comes to my mind, I'm turning into an ask. Hallelujah. And we develop a lifestyle of prayer. Hallelujah. We ask and we receive. God wants you to ask about everything. You know, it is the will of God to bless you. We've been hearing that beautiful prayer uh, as a song go around the world. It's Numbers chapter six, the Aaronic blessing. It's the only prayer that is actually written, God praying for us, God wanting to bless us. He tells the, the priest to, to put my name on the people and bless them like this. The Lord bless you. Oh. And that word bless actually means to kneel down and to give a gift, which is astonishing, really, when you think about it. God kneeling down to give a gift, but that's what he did. He humbled himself as a man, and he gave us the gift of himself, his son. He humbled himself and washed the disciples' feet. He humbled himself and knelt down and breathed into man when he first gave us breath. God invites us. He comes down to our level like a father would when coming home to a little toddler, get down on the carpet and go, hey, so that we can run into his arms. And when we run into his arms, we have access to his face, the favor of his face. When you run into your father's arms and he's on his knees like this, he's brought himself to your level so you can recognize, I make myself available to you. I'm not just sitting on the throne. I am omnipresent. I am here with you now. And it is my desire, not my vague invitation, but my heartfelt desire to give you to bless you, to keep you, to, to bless you, to give you good things. To, and you say, well, that doesn't seem very religious to expect that God wants to give you good things. He is a better father than any of you. And, and a good father delights to give gifts to his children. You know what? The father of all creation, he delights to give you things, to give you gifts not for us to spend all on our own pleasures, but he delights to bless us extravagantly with whatever we ask. And he doesn't just give us a crumb or a crust or enough to get by. He says, according to his riches in glory, it'll be given to you. Exceedingly abundantly above all you can ask, hope or imagine. He's God. He's not maybe the God of a religious idea you've had. He is the good Father, the Father who is better than we've ever understood and delights to give us good gifts. Hallelujah. Yeah, amen. To bless us. He wants to protect you. He wants to provide for you. Hallelujah. And as he comes before you and says, the Lord bless you, 
He wants to scoop you up into his arms. He wants you to experience his love. He wants you to ask for help to experience his love. Pray that beautiful prayer in Ephesians 3. Lord, strengthen me with might on my inner being so I can comprehend this love that's beyond my ability to understand. Fill me with all your fullness. Ask and you will receive. What do you need? Well, I ask about every prophetic word I've been given. You said, Lord, stadiums would open to me. You said, Lord, fireballs would go out over crowds and people would be healed and saved and delivered. So, Lord, I'm asking, open the stadiums. Open the opportunities. Open the opportunities. Let the fire go out. Let the people be healed. I ask because I know it's his revealed will to me and I know that's what he wants to do. You might say, well, that seems like a big ask. Well, he's a very big God. And he wants you to ask in faith from an overflow of reckoning yourself dead, hallelujah, and alive to God. Christ now in you is not dreaming of surviving. So if your prayer life is focused on survival, you haven't reckoned yourself dead. You are still trying to humble something that should already be dead. For you have died and your life is now hidden with God in Christ. And it's no longer you who lives, but Christ who lives in you. Christ in you is not dreaming of just a dry piece of bread to get through the day. Christ in you is dreaming of flourishing and seeing his glory cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. Hallelujah. Christ in you is dreaming of doing great exploits. The things he did on the earth when he walked the earth as a man and greater works. Are you asking for the greater works? Well, they're available. You have not because you ask not. Ask and you will receive. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened. As you begin to ask, you'll recognize, wow, there are so many things I could ask for. Suddenly your prayer life will begin to blossom as you recognize, wow, a five minute prayer isn't gonna cut it. I got so many things to ask about. I was reading today in Psalm 72, just in my daily reading, and I was, I think it's Psalm 72, and I was reading it, I believe it was the last psalm of David. And it was a psalm that he wrote with his son in mind. And he prays for his son. And he prays that he'll have wisdom in his judgment, judgments, that his son will bring justice to the poor of the people, uh, that he'll have... Um, it's, it's beautiful as you, as you read it, that the kings of Tarshish and the seas and the isles will bring presents and that the kings of Sheba and Seba will offer gifts. This is David's prayer for his son. Well, if you look at the life of Solomon, exactly what his father prayed is what happened. And as I read this this morning, I went, God, you're trying to show me that when I ask for my kids, when I ask for our church, when I ask for my ministry, when I ask you to do things in my relatives' lives, you are gonna do it. So I wanna ask really carefully and specifically. 
John chapter 3 says, whatever you ask, you will receive. If your heart doesn't condemn you, that is, if you believe Jesus has cleansed you, freed you from the penalty of sin, taken all your iniquity and your sin and thrown it into the sea of his, his forgetfulness, and separated you, made you holy and righteous, not because of what you've done, because of your faith in the Savior who saves you from yourself and your sin, hallelujah. As the righteous, the righteous are bold as lions. They can pray prayers of faith. And the effective and fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. So prayer is not just a, a thing you should do. It becomes the most valuable work. When I'm praying, when I am in my ask, I am working. And I am working effective, fruitful work. I, you know, I could spend an hour on, to, on the phone to somebody or I could pray for them and the prayer, as effective as the time on the phone might be, the prayer is going to be much more fruitful when it's prayed in faith because the Bible tells me the effective and fervent prayer of a righteous man or woman avails much. I will have what I ask. And when you start to believe that God wants you to ask, Philippians 4 tells us, don't be worried about anything, but in everything with prayer and supplication, which is the ask, and thanksgiving, make your requests known to God and the peace of God will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. He wants you to ask about everything, every detail, everything that's worrying you, everything you've been hoping that will happen. Often when I start to ask, I realize I've just been hoping about that. I haven't actually asked. Well, I'm asking, and now I thank you, and I thank him, and then I make decrees, and I speak it out, calling those things into being, uh, and calling those things that be not as though they are. It's such a glorious thing, and we've only got up to uh, give us this day our daily bread. Let me tell you, if you'll understand this pattern of prayer, it'll help you unlock a relationship with God beyond what you've experienced before. Hallelujah. Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name.